a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. How many guys have you brought in to work out? So we've brought a lot. That's all I can really say. Um, we, with the three picks, we've been able to get a lot of the guys in it from really the whole spectrum of the draft in um and we've had all we've been working a lot on the you know seeing all those players evaluating them taking them to dinner interviewing them getting to know them so we have had a lot of workouts and i think the staff is very happy that uh that we're not doing anymore now that every year like he's always made like best player available right but there are some years where you have to like kind of consider hey if you don't want to wind up with like 11 centers on this like, <laughs> yeah um this year, just given kind of where the roster is at, have you re- has it really been able to be topic we can literally consider anything? Yeah, I think where we're at, you know, we have a lot of flexibility. Um, Danny and Justin have done a great job of positioning us at this point. And, yeah, we, we feel like we can just take the best players at all three spots. Um, we don't have our roster crunch on positions, things like that. We have... Uh, you know, we have the ability to house the guys, all three of them, all three picks. And, uh, you know, we also have, you know, a great developmental staff and the resources to uh, help them grow and develop in the ways that they need to develop and help us down the road. Just big picture, how do you like this draft compared to some other? I think it's good. I think uh, there's, oh, obviously a lot of talent at the top. Um, but I think there's a lot of talent throughout, you know, the middle of the first, the late first, the second round. There's a lot of good players, I think. I think, like, looking at some of the NIL stuff has helped guys go back to school and continue to get better. Um, and so you have some older players in the draft kind of later, but they're definitely more ready to contribute right away, which I think is, a you know, very helpful for us, say, at 28, where maybe we're taking some younger uh developmental guys that need a little more time to grow and uh but i think there is a lot of depth throughout the you know the late first and second round as well is nil going to make the second round weaker going forward uh like i said i think it might make it stronger of like the guys being more ready to play maybe weaker from the standpoint of you know you're not gonna have 19 year olds that you can swing on but a lot of those guys don't pan out either like you know the second round in general doesn't tend to work out very well so i think uh you know, having older guys with more of a track record and more of a base that we can evaluate is going to be helpful to teams make probably more informed decisions at those picks. How many tiers are there? Do you feel like in the first round? I don't know. I couldn't. <laughs> I mean, that's hard to answer. With you guys' 
flexibility, three three picks, a lot of future capital also. Does that make it, I guess, more difficult for you to kind of go in with a clear idea of what you're going to do on Thursday night? Because because so much can change. You guys could move up. You guys could stack it to the future. Yeah, I think, I mean, a lot of, like a lot of teams have been asking us from like April, like, well, are you going to pick all three picks? And it's like, I have no idea. I, I don't know as of right now if we're going to pick all three tomorrow, right? Like, we don't know what's going to come our way, who's going to call, who's going to offer us something, um, what opportunities will be there. Cause, you know, that's just kind of the nature of the draft is it doesn't happen till on the clock that teams want to make a decision. And, um, I, I think like it's just, I think everyone wants us to have this clear picture of what we're trying to do. And the answer is like, I, I think it's more like it's just very fluid. Um, we're just trying to be opportunistic with whatever comes up. If it's something where we can package the picks to get a better, better player that we think can help us win now at a higher rate, we'll do that. If we think that's better than the players available in the draft, right? Like, I think it's more just you know and vice versa right if we think drafting the player is better than the guy we're trading for like we we don't know what is going to come our way and we're just trying to stay flexible and have an open mind of and evaluate everything that does come our way of what is the best thing for this team moving forward it feels like i from the outside there's been so much like chatter around movement that could happen just in the top 10 uh, for teams moving up, yeah. trading out and stuff. Does it feel to you like there could be a lot more movement this year compared to lower recent years? Um, uh, I mean, I I, I want to say yes, because I feel like I feel like that way every year with all the chatter. Um, so I, I think you just don't... I, I do think there could be more movement, but I don't know. Like, I think... Again, it can just come down to on yeah like a lot of it is like teams just putting stuff out to try to create buzz and try to see what other stuff could come their way right like i think teams try to use the media a lot to generate other trade ideas or get teams to maybe show their hand of what they're thinking a little more and um it does feel like there is a lot of chatter and a lot of potential movement but i think teams could end up just staying pat as well and like just picking the guys that are there so are you confident in the talent through nine? Like you think that's yes, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we're 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 actually very confident of the talent through twenty eight. Like we feel like at every all three picks, we'll get a good player. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of good defenders in this draft. Even one and done kids, which is a little bit unusual. Is that going to be a theme going forward, where kids have to be better defenders to play early? I mean, or do you think this draft is just uniquely strong? Um, I think it's probably just uniquely strong with some good defenders. Um, I don't think, I don't think they're, I don't know. I mean, I, I think like guys just go to programs that I'm just trying to think of some of the younger guys, like a lot of them went to programs that are more defensive oriented and, uh, that probably helped that as well. Um, but I mean, scoring the ball is still very important in the NBA. Uh, so I think, um, uh, that's hard. Yeah, you know, I think I think it could end up being that way, but every draft is different, right? Every draft's unique. With like, there's a lot of wings in this draft. There aren't as many, you know, big guys or guards in particular. There aren't a ton of guards, so it, it's interesting how just kind of positional stuff has shifted year to year. There are years where there are maybe more like international prospects who are projected as first rounders. This year, obviously, you've got like 
on very, 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 very high. And then it's maybe not quite as many in the rest of the first round. Does that seem to be the case this time around? Yeah, that's what it feels like. A lot of them pulled out. A lot of them went back to Europe. Um, so I'm kind of, I think that's what they, after doing their due diligence and going to workouts, I guess they just felt like that was the best decision for them. Um, yeah, it's a little, I wish there were more international guys, but you know, there'll be more down the road for sure. How about comfortable? Sorry, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, like, how do you kind of tend to evaluate international guide versus collegiate guys just as a general rule? Like, what are what are you looking for as kind of a comparison point between them? Um, I mean, really, it's just, I mean, really, it's just, are they a good basketball player? Like, I think we try, like, a lot, the good thing is a lot of the high school guys that are really highly rated, they play in the international events, they play for Team USA, they play at the Hoop Summit, things like that. So we're able to compare them at those events and things like that. Um, and so, but there is value to guys playing at a professional level against men and older, you know, more veteran players. Um, but at the same time, a lot of those guys maybe play like seven minutes a game. And so there you have to kind of wait the lack of playing time with their, uh, production. And so we do try to look at, you know, do they play on the youth team for that team and watch those games? Do they play in, like I said, like U16s, U17s, U18s, all those things in the summer um, against their own age group and how did they do there? So those are all things that we try to look at and we study. We have a great international staff uh, run by Luca Desta. He, he does a great job of, you know, getting all the information that, that we have. And, uh, you know, we're very confident in not just for like this year's draft, but drafts going out. Like we're very very confident in our, you know, coverage of those guys. Can you give us a sense of the quality of the league that the Metropolitans play in? Yeah, I think um, if you look, there are guys that were very successful in the G League that like play in that league and are, are successful there. So I think it's very comparable to maybe like the G League if you were going to say like one-to-one. You feel comfortable with the amount uh, you've seen all the international players? Yes. Yeah. No, I've been overseas a few times. Um, you know, saw I saw I basically every guy that's in the draft live this year. That's international. It's not specific to this year, but when you're evaluating uh, like shooters that are coming out of college or guys who maybe struggled with their jump shot in college, but it, maybe the rest of the package looks very nice. What is it if you're looking at one guy and you think, we can develop his shot or you're looking at a guy and you're like, I don't know if it's actually there. Yeah. I mean, that is not my expertise. Like I, I have my opinions on if the shot can get better or not, but really what we do is we, we rely on our coaching staff for that. So when we bring them in the building, uh, we put them through shooting drills, we put them through things where we can see them rep their form, see how it breaks down maybe as they get tired throughout the workout. Um, and then we really lean on them for, hey, what do you guys think? Like, you work with our players. You guys have gotten guys better throughout your careers. Is this something you think we could do or not? A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. 
And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. What value was there in the overtime elite games? I mean, a lot of value. You got to see the guy's butt. Um, I know it's, you know, the guys are younger that they're playing with, but they have a lot of talent there. Uh, There's a lot of those guys are going to end up in professional leagues. I mean, maybe not all the NBA, but there's a lot of talent there. There's more than just the two, you know, the twins. Um, There's guys that will be on other teams next year, like in college and potentially I think even G League Ignite and things like that. So um, it was helpful to go and watch them play and see because it, it wasn't just them. There were there were guys that were 16, 17, 18 years old that, that they'll be in the NBA as well. So it, there's there's value. I know it's not the most structured thing, and I'm sure that's what you're you know you're asking about. But uh, you know, it, when you can see guys play, it's always more valuable than when they don't play. At what point do you guys like finalize your draft board? Say, okay, we're not moving anywhere else around. This is it. <laughs> Uh, like five thirty-five, you know, maybe I don't know, five fifty-nine. Um, that really that close? No, I mean we we tried to do it in years past. We've tried to do it like twenty-four hours before the draft to kind of remove all uh all kind of the emotion of draft day. Uh, draft day also gets a little crazy with like teams really start to call. Um, and and that's kind of where Justin's on the phone kind of all day. Um, answering calls, but. We try to do it 24 hours before, and then, um, you know, I don't, it, I don't know if that always lines up with, you know, the decision makers' decision, like in his mind. But uh, we try to at least give them 24 hours before. Does it help when the G League night has like five guys that are potential first rounders or top, you know, 40 picks that they're playing off one another, or is it easier when it's kind of one guy or two guys? Um, I think it's. I mean, I think it's great. Like we we scouted. Ignite a lot. Um, I think it's a great platform for them to play, and you know we get to see them play against like like we played Ignite a bunch, and we got to see them play against Ochai and guys that we know, you know, Mike Potter, Johnny Juzay, guys that we know very well. Like and to see them go against those guys and have kind of a baseline for how they play against NBA players is you know that's that's really helpful. We know that. Justin's really a half, I don't know, 24 sugar free Red Bulls and just the draft. And uh, what are the, what are the nervous ticks, I guess, in the front office side? What are you, are you a pacer, sweater? Um, I'm definitely a sweater. That's why I wore black. Um, pacer. I'm not a pacer. Uh, I, don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, this is our first draft with Danny. So like we're excited to see him kind of operate and learn from him. Um, obviously, he has a great track record with this, so um, I'm very excited to see kind of how he maneuvers and what he decides on. Uh, I don't know. I don't know any – like, I haven't picked up on too much else. And I, if I have picked up on it, I don't know how much they want me to share and put it in the there. So I'll, I'll keep some of the stuff quiet. I mean, obviously, the Red Bulls, you know about. <laughs> how have things been different then? Um, I mean – They've been different from the standpoint of just, you know, he he leads in his own way. Uh, we've had to learn him. He's had to learn us. Um, and 
I think it's more not necessarily like the process being different from because everybody's process is basically you watch them on a film, you bring guys in, you take them to dinner, you interview them, you get to know the players. Um, like that's kind of the things every team does. But I think where he's different is just he's challenged us on just the way he sees the game, the way he thinks about players of, well, hey, maybe we should think more about this you know, specific aspect that maybe he values more than other people, or um, he maybe has a different risk tolerance for different things that uh, maybe other GMs I worked for in the past, like didn't have as high of a risk tolerance for. Uh, so just things like that, that you have to shift kind of how you think or how you uh, approach a prospect a little bit differently, just because he's maybe a little more open-minded on something, or maybe there's something that he doesn't like that maybe, you know, the past head coach or GM wanted more of. So things like that. But that's, you know, that's just, you know, that's nothing too crazy. You said like correcting shots wasn't your strength. Like, well, I guess what is your strength or your value in that sense? I mean, I think I can evaluate players pretty well on like what they can and can't do. I think uh, one thing I've tried to develop and get better at is really kind of framing who the player is to the coaches and to Justin and Danny of like trying to just give them a good reference of this is what I see the player able to do and this is where I think he can grow um, and trying to like accurately project that. Um, I think it's it's hard to, I think everybody wants to really project guys to be like way better than they are. Like everybody wants every guy that they like to be an all-star. But I think, you know, there's great value of if, the guy at 16 turns into just the seventh man off the bench and is a contributor to a winning team. Like that's a, that's a win. Like, uh, so I think just being able to like reference and frame correctly where these players are. Uh, and then, you know, just organizing the group. I think like we have a great staff of scouts. Uh, they've worked tirelessly all year. Um, we went to tons of college games Ignite games, overtime, we went overseas, like just managing and organizing those guys so that they, you know, can execute what Danny and Justin need to do. What role does Will play? Uh, Will has been, he's been pretty hands off overall. Um, He says all the time, like he comes to the workouts and he gives his opinions on the guys. And we've had him meet with uh, different prospects that have come in and uh, so he's definitely been involved. He's watched video. Um, he's giving his opinion on guys, but he continually says like, Hey, I've watched this guy for like an hour, but you've watched him all year. So, um, you know, here's my opinion, but, uh, I trust you guys. Sorry. Is NIL made it harder with some guys like going to schools that they wouldn't traditionally go to, or like, you know, you get Nick Smith and Anthony Black on the same roster, which might've not happened in the past. As far as Spit goes, does that made it more difficult to diagnose guys? I don't think so. No. How many guys are in the room on draft night and how many of them have like a say in what transpires with the picks or the trades or whatever happens? Um, I honestly, I don't know. Like we're going to have our, like I said, our first draft of Dean tomorrow. So, I mean, usually we have, um, the coach, obviously Danny and Justin, uh, we'll have myself, a few other members of our scouting staff. Um, and then, really like in the past when I've done these, it really just comes down to what like Danny and Justin think. Like we've kind of done our job of giving them their information, getting all the information, scouting the players, giving them our opinion. 
um, bringing the guys in, like we've kind of done our job and now it's on them to just really make the decision. I think if you get too many people's voices, it, it can get pretty messy. How many conversations prior to draft night are like, as you're like whittling down players and how on the draft board, are you actually saying, all right, if this guy or this guy, like comparing to like moving? Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Um, you, that's, I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? Is so we have tons of conversations constantly of where do you think your guy is? Where do you think they're going to go? And, you know, with the agents, uh, with other teams, like, so we're trying to figure that out, like even as of today. Uh, of who might be there and then that way we can have those conversations today tomorrow leading in the draft of okay if these two guys are there who we take it uh because that's like when i said like we're trying to get all that out so that we're not on the clock just like well who are we taking like we have the you know ryan's sitting there looking at us like what do you get know what you're doing like, so, yeah so we try to figure all that out before so that we look at least semi-educated i mean how do those conversations go i guess like how do they ultimately get resolved if like you're entrenched on one guy and someone else is entrenched on the other guy. Like how did, how did those kind of, um, um I mean like, so like earlier in the process type of deal, I mean, now it's like really it's Danny and Justin's preference. Like they'll get together and talk it out and whoever they feel like is best. But, um, you know, we obviously have those conversations like in May, April, May, things like that leading up to this point. And really it's just, we go in the theater and put on the video and just talk it out. You know, Hey, show me exactly what you're seeing we watch that and then okay this guy doesn't see that well, what do you see and so then we watch examples of those things and and then we try to have everybody kind of dig back in and see okay which side is right basically who saw what what this person saw who saw what this person saw is it is it as bad as they think or as good and kind of you know just discuss that and beat it up and figure it out after watching these guys I mean some of them have watched for more than a year you know when they come in for a workout and an interview, is it often that somebody surprises you when you get in front of when they get in front of you? Um, I mean, not really. Like, very rarely. I think I think that's kind of one of the misnomers of the workout, especially with the players. Like, I think, like, we tell players all the time, they ask us, you know, and they're, well, what advice do you have for me? It's like, don't go into places and try to be someone you're not. Uh, we know who they are. We want, And we put them in situations of the workouts to see their strengths and then really to see some of their weaknesses and maybe they've gotten a little better at some of their weaknesses type of deal and so i think that shows okay they're aware of what they need to work on or maybe they are a little better at shooting the ball or defending than we thought um but it's more like the workout if someone does stand out in something that's like okay let's go back to the film and see like how real is this or was it just you know the guy had a good day um so it's a constant kind of like evaluation, rechecking, making sure you're not overvaluing any one piece of the process. What do you most try to gauge from these guys during like the interview process? Um, for me personally, it's more like one, like just kind of how, how are they as people? Like, are they able to converse with you? Are they able to like understand what you're trying to ask about? Do they um, understand basketball? Can they think about the game at a higher level um and then just kind of are they like self-aware of who they are as a player and the things they may need um because really we're just trying to learn who they are and really i think a lot of the questions we ask are maybe they think we're like trying to dig deep on something but it's more like okay if we do pick you we just want to know like 
what do we need to do to support you to help you be good? Uh, maybe you need more player development work. Maybe you need stuff off the court. Maybe you need stuff from our chef for dietary reasons, like whatever those things are. Uh, you want to kind of dig in and make sure that you know, they are comfortable with us. You know, if we do draft them, come into them and be like, okay, this is what we see as a plan to help you be, be the best player you can be. Realistically, how many guys do you think are available tonight? I mean, we like we have like nine right now that we're one of them will be there. So that's kind of well, one of them I know will not be there for sure. <laughs> but he's in your top nine. And he's in the top nine. So. Uh, I mean, with all the information that you have and saying, you know, maybe a workout date interview wouldn't necessarily change things. So if a guy um, declines a workout, then does that change how you guys have the rank? Um, no. Like, it, it, we try not to... Like I said, we're trying to put too much weight into one thing. Um, if a guy does decline it, then usually, you know, it, it it takes Justin to call the agent and, like, really see, okay, why is he declining this? Why won't he come in? Like, he's in our range. We like him. What's the deal? Um, and that happens every year. That happens with guys, and they look at our roster, and they just say, hey, I want my guy there. And, um, that's fine, but we still... You know, if we still think he's the best player at that pick, you know, or we're, we're, you know, we, we can draft him. So it's not like they're off the board. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and Get ready, because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.